Get ready for success. Leadership Strategies for Women is a show dedicated to providing practical and valuable strategies for emerging women leaders of today. It's your time to get inspired, motivated, and challenged to achieve your vision for success. And now, here's leadership speaker and coach, Ellie Nieves. Hello, this is the Leadership Strategies for Women podcast, and I'm your host, Ellie Nieves. I'm the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I develop seminars and webinars to help women show up, speak up, and step up in their careers. I also coach women who want to achieve more both personally and professionally. To learn more, please visit my website at leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com or you can follow the Leadership Strategies for Women page on Facebook. Our guest is Denisha Tate McAllister. Denisha is an award-winning leader and author with 20 years of executive experience. As a change agent in the Boys and Girls Clubs of America National Movement, Denisha found her calling. With a bachelor's in science degree in psychology from the University of Illinois, she developed programs, trained staff, measured outcomes, and learned strategies to align organizations to function at optimal capacity. Denisha launched her own consulting firm, Denisha Tate & Associates, LLC, with two focused principles. The first is leaders lead, and the second is live love. Denisha believes that leadership is a gift, skill, and obligation that's not predicated on a title or position. Denisha has been recognized as a woman of influence by the Business Journal, and we're pleased to have her on our podcast today. Denisha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here as well. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to our interview, and I would love to learn more about your background. So can you share a little bit about uh, your background, your education, family life, hobbies? We'd love to know. Yes, definitely. Well, I am uh, Denisha Tate McAllister, and I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. I am the oldest of four children to a mother who was hardworking. She was a single parent, and she was part of a large, loving, supportive family. And because of that, I have tons of cousins and friends that we call cousins, (laughs) aunts and uncles, and those who really supported me as I grew and developed. Um, I graduated from, as you mentioned, the University of Illinois with my bachelor's in psychology and then later went on to get my MBA from the University of Phoenix. And I, my last name is now Tate McAllister because I recently got married in August of 2018. So that is the newest adventure in my life. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> uh, definitely an adventure. <laughs> and um, also uh, regarding a little bit about me, Something that most people wouldn't know is I love to dance. I love Latin dance, partner dance, uh, the current line dancing. As a matter of fact, I took my first steps when the television show Soul Train came on TV. My mom said I was bopping and bouncing around, and then I got (laughs) up and walked to the television. And everyone in the room said, hey, she's walking. And then they told me to get out of the way. So <laughs> that's a bit about me. <laughs> fun, 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 fun. Very cool. Very cool. So, so tell us about when and why you launched your consulting firm. 
Absolutely. So the year was 2014, and it was my birthday, actually. I decided to have a birthday party entitled Rebirth and launch my consulting firm at the same time. It was at that point that I knew I wanted to do something different in my life, and I, was, I had that feeling inside that it was time for a change, and not just a small change like a change in hairstyle, you know, but something major. Something major was underfoot, and so it was at that birthday party that I announced to the world that I wanted to do more. And it had to do with the feeling that there was a larger impact I was to have on people, and it was time. I was already a leader. Um, I was a trainer. I coached people on their professional journey of improving professional development, but I still felt like there was more out there for me, and it was time for me to see what was next. Awesome, and how uh, how thematic, right, with the theme of uh, rebirth to be able to give birth to a, a consulting firm and the great idea that you had is now touching many people's lives. Awesome. Absolutely. And I'll be honest, although I was gung-ho and I was ready, I launched and then didn't really do anything. <laughs> I, 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 um, I took my first assignment because one of the things I knew is I wanted to inspire people. And so I had an opportunity to be the keynote speaker at the graduation actually for University of Phoenix, the very university I received my MBA through. And so it was exciting. And so an audience of 2,000 people plus the graduates, and I was ready. And it was great, and it was amazing. And then I didn't do anything else for two years. And sometimes that happens, you know, uh, between the conception of an idea and then actually putting uh, the, the, the foot to the – or the pedal to the metal, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Actually getting something um, from concept to actuality there could be some time in between, but it's not something that should necessarily discourage you. It's just the process that uh, we need to go through in order to make something a reality. That is so true. And I, I don't regret it for one moment. You know, I, I didn't know what was next. I knew something was next, but I had started. And that's the hardest part, get started. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you recently gave birth to something else, actually. You wrote a book. <laughs> yes, and the I did. book has a very interesting title. It's One Mile Below Bottom, Keeping Your Joy in Hell. So can you share about the book? Absolutely. We'll start with the title. You know, I tell people that was not meant to be a catchy title. That was literally a description of what was happening in my life. Wow. And so when I wrote the book, um, one mile below bottom, everyone in life has a fear of hitting rock bottom. You know, you tell yourself, I can handle anything as long as that doesn't happen. And the that is different for everybody. Your rock bottom may be totally different than somebody else's. And you hear what their biggest fear in rock bottom is. You're thinking, oh, just that? Oh, anybody can handle that. But it really is intimate and personal. And so I walked around with that fear. And for me, rock bottom was not having a job and not having a plan. Either of the, both of those happened at the same time, unacceptable. I could not have a job and have a plan, I'm okay. I could have a job and not have a plan for what's next, that's okay too. But when they both occur, for me, that was always my biggest fear of life. And then one day it happened. 
I stood there with no job and no plan for what was next, and all of my worst fears actually came true. And then life got worse. There was literally a point in my life when if the rock bottom was the worst I had to contend with, I was going to be okay. Things just continued on a downward spiral. And it got so bad that I just had to surrender. It was definitely beyond anything I could fix, anything I could strategize around or come up with a quick solution. And it was in those moments of surrender that I found joy, peace, things that I don't know, I guess I had lost along the way. And I wrote the book about all that. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And, and what is it that you want the readers to take away from the book? Absolutely. Life happens. And when it's happening, it's not always according to our plan. It's not anything we prepared for. And it's not always fun. There will be times in your life when you will have a hellish experience. It could be financial. It could be employment. It could be a death of a loved one. It could be the ending of a marriage. It's going to happen. But I want the readers to know that life isn't over at that point. And even in that moment of darkness and you're in that pit of pain, there's still joy to be found. And that little glimmer of joy can help you get through that day. And a little more joy can get you through the next day. And then you look at it and you're months beyond the onset of the problem and you're walking towards solution because you didn't give up, you didn't give in, you didn't lose hope, and you kept moving, if, even if it was baby steps, moving towards the light. And that's what I want people to know because we can't necessarily stop the bad things from happening, but we absolutely can't sit down in it when it does occur. Yeah, that's so true. And, you know, and I completely understand the job loss situation back in 2009 during the uh, economic meltdown. My husband and I both found ourselves uh, unemployed. Uh, both of mm-hmm. us got laid off from the corporations that we worked in. So I completely understand when um, your side, uh, you know, you just uh, all of a sudden something happens that you weren't expecting and you don't know how to manage it at the time. But uh, so much good came from that time period, at least for me and my husband. In fact, I launched mm-hmm. my company, Leadership Strategies for Women, as a result of that. Uh, and I feel like during that time, because we were hustling, because right, we, were, we were both hustling trying to get back on track, uh, it mm-hmm. brought me and my husband a lot closer to each other. So yeah. I understand that some of these unexpected challenges that we face in our lives can actually be a blessing in disguise. Absolutely. I think it's through the challenges that we find out that we're so much stronger than we thought about and resourceful. You begin to pull on skills that you had tucked way back in your memory, things that you didn't even remember that you knew how to do, but all of a sudden when desperation kicks in, you're saying, well, how about this? Well, how are we going to do it? Oh, I know how to do that. And the people are like, what? Because you you just never realize how important that is, and you're right. I'll have to be honest. When I was at the deepest point of things just falling apart, that's when I met my husband. And, and it, it really was, um, sure, why not? You know, it, it was, I wasn't afraid and trying to put on a good front, and I just I didn't have the energy for all of that. It was, yes, I would love to get to know you, or not. But right now, this is what I have to offer. 
And so we got to know each other very quickly because some of the things that were going on were pretty devastating, and I couldn't hide it. I absolutely couldn't hide it. So not only did he get to know me um, in my vulnerability, I got to know him in his strength because he was there for me, and he didn't have to be. He didn't have any major time invested. He could have very easily walked away, and I would have understood. But it was through all that that I realized, yeah, he's, he's the one. So, so what advice do you have for women leaders who are facing challenges in their lives currently? Absolutely. First of all, face it. The, the, sometimes we have challenges that show up, and we don't face it. We don't own it. We don't acknowledge it, and somehow we think it's going to go away. So first, face it. Yes, this is really happening. This is happening right now. What are we going to do next? And then once you face it, figure out what can you control and what can't you control. You have access to resources, skill sets, support systems, but you won't even begin to reach out to those until you're honest about what's going on and what you need to make it past whatever challenge you're facing. And then after that, forgive yourself and forgive the process because it is, you know, what we spoke about. It's in those challenges that blessings do occur and get uncovered, and you find out all sorts of things about yourself, your support system. Somebody may come to your aid that you never even knew cared, and so you have to be prepared and open for that, and it's hard to receive if you're angry and hopeless and helpless. So forgiving yourself and forgiving the process is key, and then celebrate every step along the way. Sometimes little things like getting out of bed today, getting dressed, and going to an appointment is all I have. Okay, well, we're going to celebrate that. <laughs> yeah, and I agree. And, you know, even though this podcast is focused on uh, women in the workplace, um, you know, this, we also take a, a holistic uh, perspective on life because if things aren't going well for you personally, then it's going to be very hard for you to be at your best professionally. And there Absolutely. are a lot of women out there who are uh, facing struggles, you know, not just um, loss of a job or something that is, um, uh, I would say, something tangible, right, because it's an income or something like that. But sometimes you're also mm-hmm. facing uh, the death of a loved one or mm-hmm. you might be uh, dealing with illness that struck you suddenly and you don't know how to manage. And these are all things that are still applicable in this case, right? The strategies that Absolutely. you're sharing is Absolutely. being able to manage through and finding the strength because even in your strength, uh, you can find personal resources that you didn't know you once had. Yes, yes. And, and we as women in leadership need to understand that sometimes it is the little things. So long before real devastation hit my life, I woke up one day and had lost my confidence. I was walking around leading hundreds of people, but secretly not really sure of myself. And so even in that, how do you get out of that? Because that can slow you down. That becomes noise. I talk about it as like carrying an armful of eggs and not the, the nice little Easter eggs that are boiled, but raw eggs. And each of those eggs is an insecurity. <laughs> and so you're, you're walking around like, I'm not going to drop one of these eggs, but it also keeps you from doing anything else because you're always protecting those eggs. 
and, and we have to sit them down and acknowledge that they're here. They're here. Mm-hmm. There's something not right, and I need to do something about it. Because if I don't, I'm just carrying it around. And eventually, you will have egg on your face. You just will. You can't avoid it. So yeah. set it down, deal with it so that you don't have that occur. Denisha, what's next for you personally? So since I have birthed my project, the, the book is out, it is my goal to travel and to speak to audiences about the book, and more importantly, about finding your own personal joy. Um, This is a mission, a life's mission for me, and that's what I'm doing. I am going out speaking to groups, business groups, conferences, church groups, leadership groups, just talking to people about the reality of you keeping hold of your joy. That's wonderful. And how can our listeners find your book or get in touch with you? Absolutely. My book is available on Amazon. So they can either type in Denisha Tate, D-E-N-I-S-H-A Tate, T-A-T-E, or they can type in Keeping Your Joy in Hell, um, One Mile Below Bottom, Keeping Your Joy in Hell. Any of those will pull it up on Amazon. And it's currently in paperback form and ebook on Kindle. Um, and within the next two weeks, it will be available on Audibles as well. That's wonderful. Tanisha, thank you so much for joining us today. Your message is quite inspiring, and I know that our listeners will find continued inspiration if they pick up a copy of your book. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you very much. This has been awesome, and thank you for everything you are doing for women in leadership because it's so important. We need you. Thank you so much, Tanisha. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless.